Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. Now you look like you're pretty close to 100%, my friend. Coloring is coming back. You're looking good. So glad you're still alive. I know we had some doubts about a week ago at this time. Uh, Aaron McIntyre is here with us as well. Uh, Coming up on the show today, typical Wednesday for you, although it may be an atypical day. There is a realistic chance we might know who the next Speaker of the House is by the time we get (laughs) off the air today. You're adorable. (laughs) But we shall see. Um, But uh, until then, uh, here's what's coming up and coming your way. Uh, The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Daniel uh, and Lamentation got ahead of myself. The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here for his normal stop by the program in our final segment. Uh, We'll we'll play Buy, Sell, or Hold beginning at the bottom of the hour. I want to remind you that it is day two of a new era here. On the Blaze, uh, with the launch yesterday of Blaze News, an ad-free alternative media experience that is going to delve much more into investigative reporting and, and real news and no longer be tethered to the mother's milk of conservative media, which is left-wing big tech ad placement and, and content prominence and distribution. I know, it when you say it out loud, it, it sort of feels... what. That was kind of silly. But in fairness to our industry, when we started doing this, all those big tech companies cared about was traffic. That's all they cared about. And, and, and on the right, we can generate a lot of traffic. But then along came this guy, Donald Trump and Brad Parscale and his people in his 2016 campaign. And, and they figured out how to kick big tech's ass with their technology and win the presidency, uh, despite their best efforts uh, for that event to not occur. And ever since then, well... We have been uh, we have been held hostage by a pharaoh who knows not Joseph, and they've gone full Darth Vader. They are altering the rules, and they will be altering them further. Okay, and so you know, for a good decade, this was a pretty good plan. All they cared about was money and clicks and traffic, and we brought them lots of money, clicks, and traffic, and we got to say what we wanted, right? All right. Well, that area has ended post 2016, and and it is ending even more vociferously. As we speak. And so someone needed to get out ahead of this eventuality. Eventually, this is the reality we're all going to have to live in. But we're taking a risk being the first to do this because we are bypassing a major revenue stream with a fairly large company here in order to give you the content that you want without any filters directly to you. And we're trusting that you will reward that courage of conviction. So if you want to support us here at The Blaze, now is the time more than ever before. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, then the Blaze News subscription is rolled into your existing subscription. If you're not, you can get them both for just seven bucks a month right now. All right, just seven bucks a month. You can't beat it. And um, we're taking a big risk, but we're doing so because this is a, this is a, this is a risky moment for the future of the country. And it is time now uh, to break away from the bondage of being censored uh, and distributed by your opponents. So please support our new effort here at Blaze Media and the brand new Blaze News. And with that, let's get to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by the greatest moment in the modern history of the U.S. House of Representatives. Yesterday morning, Minnesota puke Republican Tom Emmer won the House GOP conference vote to become Speaker of the House and... And it's gone. His bid to become Speaker lasted mere hours before he realized he'd have nowhere near close enough support from his own party to become Speaker of the House. But that's not the best moment I'm talking about. According to Jake Sherman at NBC News, who covers Capitol Hill, during a House GOP conference meeting, Meeting, Georgia Representative Rick Allen allegedly told Representative Emmer that Emmer didn't need to get right with him. He instead needed to get right with Jesus because Emmer supports so-called gay marriage. Learning Fetterman today, today's phrase is, this is the most unbelievably base thing I've ever heard. Hi, good night, everybody. Last night, the GOP got their second speaker designate of the day in Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson. He's got a 74% Liberty score at Conservative Review, which is 20 points better than Kevin McCarthy. Congressman Johnson spoke to the media this morning. I'm honored to have the support of my colleagues and what they understand about this is this is servant leadership. We're gonna serve the people of this country. We're gonna restore their faith in this Congress, this institution of government, America is the last best hope of man on the earth. Abraham Lincoln said it. Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time, and we're here to remind you of that again. A vote on the floor could happen before today's show is over. Moving on, on the campaign trail, Ron DeSantis was in New Hampshire once more, campaigning with Governor Chris Sununu. At a town hall event, Sununu went off. I come back to, I just want to win. And I want to win with candidates that don't win by a half a percent in these states, that win by five, six, ten percent. And more importantly, bring the school board candidates over the line with them. Bring the congressional candidates, bring the mayor races, bring the entire ticket over the line unquestionably so that whatever games they're playing on the margins don't even matter anymore. To your point, it's all about looking forward. It's all about having the opportunity to put this thing to rest once and for all, to galvanize the Republican Party. And again, states are going to do what they do. There's no, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to, I would never speak for Governor DeSantis, but, you know, you don't want a nationalized election process. Senator Hassan tried that. Senator Shaheen tried that. That's a joke. That would be the worst thing in the world. States have to make their own path. But to Governor DeSantis's point, you got to play by those rules. And we're not going to play with one, one hand tied behind our back anymore. We're going to go after it hard. We're going to go after it in the, in, as a Republican Party in the inner cities. We're going to go after it playing by their rules. They're scared to death that we're going to play by their same rules. Also yesterday, Governor DeSantis, in coordination with the chancellor of the Florida State University system, has moved to crack down on student groups in the state they say have expressed support for Hamas, which possibly involves terminating the student chapters and suspending school administrators. Ray Rodriguez, chancellor of the state university system of Florida, wrote in a letter to the state's universities reminding them that it's a felony under Florida law to provide material support to terrorist organizations and specifically names one student group present in multiple Florida universities that's coming up to that line. And now we go to a high school in Plano, Texas. The river to the sea. Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. Free, free, Palestine. Plano. Free. Texas. According to ABC News, former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows has been in communication on multiple occasions with special counsel Jack Smith and has even been granted immunity in exchange for testifying to juries against Trump. Independent presidential candidate RFK Jr. went on the Breakfast Club recently and gave us a preview of what will likely be his message this time next year should Donald Trump be the GOP nominee. What I would have done, I wouldn't have locked down society. Everything we did was wrong. 
we had the worst protocols in the world. We had the highest death count of any nation on earth. So we should take whatever we did and say, let's never do that again. And You think um, that was because of the administration that was in power at the time? I think part of it is the chronic disease. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, and it was Biden and Trump. Oh, you know, Trump gave us warp speed. Trump mm-hmm. gave us the lockdowns. Trump locked down 3.3 million businesses. And, you know, what did that do? It shifted everything to Amazon, which was censoring criticism of the lockdowns. 41% of the black-owned businesses that were closed during COVID will never reopen. Mm-hmm. A lot of those businesses had three generations of equity in them. And finally, this GOP primary cycle in one video. And sorry, podcast listeners, you'll just have to come back and watch this later. I love baseball. I love baseball. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love baseballs. I love all the baseballs, too. Derek Jeter? Yep. My all-time favorite player. Yeah, he's he's the bomb. At his position, for his price, he's the number one bomb. I hate Derek Jeter. I hate him. I hate him. He's like, ugh. Nobody, the only person that hates him more than you is me, and that's saying a lot. I like him. He's good. I like him just fine. I just, once you think about it, you start to like him more, and then I start to think about him, and then I I like him. I hate ice cream. Tastes like a mouth, it's like a mouthful of buttholes in my mouth. It tastes like acid. I think it's delicious. I think it tastes like delicious acid. It tastes like ass. Yeah, it tastes like delicious ass is what I meant. I said acid, but I meant, yeah, in a bad way. It's an awful way. I mean, can you, cry out loudly, can you stop? Stop doing what? You keep like, cha- I don't know, you're like a flip-flopper, and then I can't decide what I like, because you're always all over the place. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at Samaritan Ministries. You know, we are, uh, you might be looking at renewing your health care plan and looking at the increasing cost of that along with everything else, where there, there could be a biblical solution that's right for you. It's called Samaritan Ministries. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills. It's biblical, affordable healthcare sharing. And because it's not insurance, there are no restrictive networks. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare provider that's right for you. And then you have a say in the treatment you receive, even if it's an unconventional or natural approach. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. It could be more affordable than what you're paying now. And if it's the right fit, you can join anytime, even today. Check it out at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. All right, let's let's get to a couple of things in uh, Aaron's montage Really, the only thing that that stands out to me about Chris Sununu is not my brand of Republican on any level whatsoever. But, you know, New Hampshire is the least churched state in the union. So apparently he is their kind of Republican governor uh, and he is very popular there. I don't know what his polling is now. Last year, he was polling at a plus, you know, more than 70 percent approval. The one thing that stands out about this yesterday is is. His willingness to publicly, in a very high-profile way, get out and campaign with Ron DeSantis—that to me is more than anything he said or anything else. Just the 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 uh, the, the visual of that, I think, is fascinating. On the Mark Meadows front, I you know someone sent this to me last night, and I told them this is at least I've counted five times this year that there has been a story in the corporate media that Mark Meadows was going to cut a deal with prosecutors, and that didn't come through. So I. I I will believe it when I see it. All right. I, I, I wouldn't believe any, anything, particularly I wouldn't believe anything that comes out of Jack Smith's mouth at this point. But, um, but this story has been going on 
for for most must for for most of this year, this story has been written and speculated about. Uh, Meadows' attorney came out afterwards and said, "Well, the story." I it, I think he said this to Catherine Herridge at CBS News. Well, ABC has it mostly wrong, but I. I don't know what that means. You know, it didn't really itemize which part then that they had right. Was it mostly wrong except they got his name right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't speculate on that. I, I did find the former president's statement about this on Truth Social this morning to be fascinating. We seemed to entertain the idea that maybe Meadows would do this and then essentially in his own way said snitches get stitches. I guess I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, I am, I am, I am very fascinated and I'm actually, no, one other thing I wanted to point out, highlighting that that video of Islamists is in Plano, Texas, I think is just, it's, it's crucially, it's vitally true. It's crucial to understand. And I want to reiterate the data that I said to you last week. Since 9-11, we have imported 2.3 million people from Islamist dominated countries. Even if we vetted them thoroughly, we don't. At least not you and I's definition of thoroughly, I would suppose. But let's say we did. Let's say that we did. And let's say we were right 99% of the time. That's mathematically impossible in any vetting process when you're dealing with a population of this size. But let's say we pulled that off. You'd still be talking about over 23,000 potential sleeper cells stationed all over the country, including Plano, Texas. Or at least people sim- at least people sympathetic to that. We may get word during the show whether Mike Johnson will be the speaker. Uh, I talked to my man Chip Roy this morning. He seemed to think that he was going to have the votes to pull this thing off. So we shall see. Uh, as Aaron pointed out, he does have a now the Liberty score has not been updated since our boy Chris Pandolfo went to Fox News. I did not know that. Yeah, that's. I found out from Chris. That's why that was his job, and we just haven't filled it yet. Okay, so it hasn't been updated since the end of the year. But through 2022, uh, Johnson had as you had the 74 percent Liberty score. He's in a plus 24 Trump district. Trump won his congressional district by 24 points in 2020. So you'd expect his score to be a little bit higher than that, at least into the 80s. But, I mean, Kevin McCarthy was in a plus 16 uh, Trump district in 2020, and his Liberty score was in the 50s. I don't know much about him. Uh, We've never crossed paths. In fact, with all my relationships and contacts, his name has literally never come up. I I didn't know who he was before last night. You you didn't know, neither did I. His name's never come up, not one time. Not once. What state again? Louisiana. Louisiana. Never his, his name's just never come up. Now, I, I did see a tweet from October 3rd that Jenna Ellis actually recommended him for speaker. That he, she thought he would be a great choice. Which, given his work on the election last, year, uh, last cycle for Trump, and she was, of course, part of that effort, that's probably how she would know of him and their paths would cross, so that would make sense. Uh, I did a little checking around. I, I've been told solid family man, solid social conservative, which we've never had for a speaker, but he's also the kind that will like vote for Defense Department appropriations bills that includes uh, the the drafting of our daughters. 
because even though he, he claims to oppose that, we have to, you know, fund the military. So we got to, you know, put that out there, you know, so sort of a, um, a generically reliable conservative is what I've been told. But again, I, I can't think of a single fight he has led on. His name has just never come up. I've got people I know that are coming out now and praising him and they never said one word to me one time in any of our discourses publicly or privately. So how long has he been around? This is his seventh term, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you're going on 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. I want to get to the RFK thing here. Um, and, and, and here's why. But before I do that, a word about our friends over at Eden Pure, Thunderstorm, Air Purifiers, and why they've been so popular here in our audience why they have so many five-star reviews. It doesn't just freshen the air. It purifies the air in your home with filterless technology. So you're never going to replace filters out of pocket or out of your own time and expense. All right. And the amount of positive reviews I've gotten for this product since they joined our show uh, about a year and a half ago has been overwhelming. You guys have raved about the thunderstorm air purifier that gets rid of strong odors from cooking to cigarette smoke, litter boxes, trash cans. Even that mildew smell from the basement is no match. And right now you can save $200 on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. Three units for under 200 bucks plus free shipping. Plus free shipping. Take advantage of this at EdenPureDeals.com. Enter the discount code Steve. EdenPureDeals.com. Enter the discount code Steve. All right. Since RFK Jr. And, and you know, okay, you don't have the gun near you. So I maybe, do. Oh, you do? Oh, I missed it. Dang it. All right. Then let me throw this caveat out there and ask for a dispensation because it adds to the context, okay? I have not been studying polls. I, 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 I don't, as, like I used to do, the internals of many of these polls just are not mathematically possible okay no known universe or not in any of the nine realms would the republican nominee whether it's donald trump ron desantis totters and aaron mcintyre um or or kate upton is going to win youth voters by 17 points stuff like that okay but for the sake of this conversation today i did go look at a few national polls because I wanted to see one thing. What RFK Jr. was polling at since he announced he was going to run as an independent. Is that okay? Do, do I have your permission to add that context here? Yeah. Or is that still up for debate depending on how, how I'm going to apply it? No, I, I'm fine. Okay. A, 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 with a guy with his name ID running as an independent candidate, uh, that's truly something in American politics. So, yeah. Okay. Since RFK Jr. announced he was running as an independent, there has not been, I looked, there has not been a single national poll that included him that he did not get double figures. Blew my mind. I mean, in fact, I've seen some that have him in the 20s. Since he announced as an independent, there has not been a single poll that did not have him in double figures. And I've I've seen some that had him in the 20s. Here's why that's germane to this conversation. 
if that is true next summer, they're going to have to include him in the debates. He'll be on a stage with whomever ends up being the Republican and Democrat nominees. And so you may see something. See, how do I put this? You know, and, and I'm not worried about offending. I want to make sure I put this effectively. Um, let me put it this way. Because of the lawfare against Trump and the persecution that is going on and is ongoing on that front with him and Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis and all these other names, okay, and everybody getting else getting roped in this. We're just talking about Mark Meadows, right? Because of that, on the right, and because that is present in our reality now, that's happening now, okay? It's at the forefront of, of what's happening in our world right now. That has become the, the primary crisis and reckoning of this primary. And, and, like if, 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 if you have an existential thought about this primary, it is more likely it is about the lawfare that Democrats are using the coercive power of the state to wage. That doesn't mean, you're, that, that, that doesn't mean it's the only one, but it is, it is the one that is most discussed and on the forefront of our ecosystem. Is that fair? Okay. Okay. And so that means that the, the unresolved answers of the previous crisis, COVID, has for many people largely taken a back seat. Yes. Fair? Okay. Therefore, there are, there are discussions, criticisms, challenges where that unresolved conversation is concerned that are really untested in an open election environment. We, we don't really know. Some, if you're a hardcore Trump Easter, you're going to say, well, DeSantis has made his entire case about COVID. Actually, he hasn't. And I've been arguing for months that he do that, but he has not. But the reality is, even, even if he had done that, and he hasn't, which I wish, which I wish he would have done. But even if he had had done that, I don't. I still think because this is the crisis right now. Right, Trump is in Trump is is in a courthouse with Michael Cohen today. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That would have still been the issue now more than let's try to reconcile what happened two or three years ago and why. Okay, because we have a, we do have, and I'm not here to, to say that this is not an existential crisis, the lawfare that is going on from the Democrats. I agree that it is wholeheartedly. So. That is the main crisis that the, at the top of the discussion chain right now within the electoral process. Is that fair? I think so. Okay. Or if it's not the main one, maybe you could argue Israel is, the economy is. Okay. Um, the threat of World War III, cool. We all would at least agree it's above a reckoning over what COVID did to us in the country. It's at least ahead of that right now. That's at least true, right? I do think so. Okay. Here's why that matters. It's important to set that context and to point out what RFK Jr. is polling. (sighs) 
the talking points that he is raising are untested. We don't know how people will react. I, I think there is a notion in Trump world that America has moved on from COVID and doesn't care. And so therefore, no one will be held accountable for any of the decisions that they made at that time. That may be true. I, Correct. I, it may be. I don't know that. Okay. But with him on a debate stage, we're going to find that out. And without Trump on a debate stage getting these challenges from Iran DeSantis, we have no idea how to handle these things. Not to mention, RFK Jr. will feel freer to go after Trump on these things than a DeSantis would because you're always concerned. This is, this is why Democrats don't worry about going racing with Trump to the bottom. They don't think they need any of your votes, so they don't care about alienating any of you within the side of my voice. They, they don't care. They don't, they're basically, they see you the way we saw the media matter story that we read yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. That's the branding we're going for. I mean, they, what was her name? Peyton wrote that story, right? I mean, thank you, Peyton. We appreciate that. I'm going to make that part of my next contract negotiation. It works the other way Did too. Did you send her the cookie bouquet, by the way? <laughs> it works the other way too. All right. They, they, they want you to hate them. They don't care. They don't think they need your votes. So they're not worried about any backlash. They're not worried about going overboard. They don't care about any of that. Now, if you're running against Trump in a primary, you do have to care. Because if, even if you beat him, you've got to win those people to your side to win the next election. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be a point that you're going to ask yourself, can I go that far? Can I go there? Okay? RFK Jr. won't care about any of that. And... This is a this is a conversation. We've we've kind of as a country swept under the rug. And and kind of acted as if, man, that's cousin Eddie. COVID co- the COVID years, that's cousin Eddie, man, sleeping in the trailer out on the curb, okay? We just we're just going to look the other way, man, while he takes his uh his in-trailer toilet and flushes it down the sewer grate, okay? We're just we're just going to pretend like that's not happening. Move on. I got to go to work. I got things to do. That's just, that's just, that's, we got to move on. He's going to pull that trailer right up on the stage in front of over a hundred million people on a debate stage next year. If he keeps pulling like this. And I don't know what will happen because it will be untested. We don't know. We're not, we're not being permitted to have this reckoning in the Republican primary right now. If your DeSantis is your nominee, you can probably guess how it will go because he would affirm many of RFK Jr.'s talking points. That doesn't mean he would have other reasons to be wary of RFK Jr. as a as an independent. He would. They would just be different reasons, I believe, than Trump. He's not uniquely vulnerable on this front the way that Trump is. I mean, I don't know. Guy's a multi-convicted felon. You're already thinking I didn't want to vote for him anyway. And I'm vaccine injured or I lost my job. You see where I'm going with this? And I hear RFK Jr. say those things on a debate stage in front of over 100 million people. And all of a sudden, he's got Ross Perot-like numbers on election day. 
Am I wrong? Thoughts? Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, th- there's a aspect of this um, to consider. Donald Trump's vulnerability are are so multifaceted. Uh, y- yes, COVID's yet another one, but that's that almost to just to play devil's advocate a little bit. Like, h- how many Achilles heels can can one man have? You know, I don't, and especially on the on the vaccine issue, where you, I, I just I just believe there's more of a threshold there than you do on it, the ability to impact people. People people want to, and you alluded to, they want to bury this in the ground. They do not want to be held accountable for their own cowardice. Okay, so it, I don't know. It, it it may it it may not have the thrust that I God knows I want it to have that thrust more than anybody. Not because I care what it might do to Donald Trump, but I don't I don't know how much this can go into uh, the ether. And I don't know how much Donald Trump is truly vulnerable on this uh, when this is the place where most Americans, uh, even when they were frustrated with him, you were worried about what would happen to this show in totality. They, this is where they came back to us and they were ready to be critical of Trump, but they'll still You're really just restating what Trump. I just said. I don't know either. That's the, yeah. I, but yeah, well, you can mark the tape today. It's October. I'm not wearing my watch. 25th. RFK Jr. is never getting on a general election debate stage. If he does, I will eat a raw pumpkin with nutmeg on it. It's too big of a risk. I think you might want to prepare that pumpkin with nutmeg, and I'll find you a good one. (laughs) More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. You know what? There's one more thing I want to say about the debate question. I, I should have said it before the break, and I forgot before we get to buy, sell, or hold. Okay, I, I don't have as many. Um, I don't have as many sources and connections within corporate media as I used to. Um, you know, we've gone from as we've talked about. In the last decade, we've gone from biased but professional to um, I can't I don't want to exist on an earth where people like you also happen to live. Basically, you know, we we've gone from people like me uh, being columnist at USA Today to um, they don't want us to live in the USA today. (laughs) Is that fair? Okay. so I, I don't have as many corporate media sources I used to. But here is one thing I have been told consistently all this year. Um, if it's Biden, Trump next year, Biden is never getting on a debate stage with Trump. And Democrats are just going to say, we're not debating a convicted felon. Just not give, not, not worth our time, not doing it, not granting him that platform. We're not debating a convicted felon. And they're never, never putting Biden on a stage next year with him, if that's the race. That's what I have been told via corporate the last couple of corporate media connections I have for much of this year thus far 
which would mean RFK Jr. then wouldn't get on the stage to test my hypothesis either, because there wouldn't be debates. Yeah, and just we were running out of time at the end of the last segment. And to put a little finer point on why I think even if Biden showed up to debate Trump, why they'll never allow RFK Jr. on the stage, even though conventional wisdom right now says that RFK Jr. would bleed more support from Trump than Biden. I just don't believe it's a risk that the system is willing to take to have somebody, a lefty, criticize Biden from the right on lockdowns and, well, I guess on more jab mandates and, you know, criticizing Trump as a lefty from the right on lockdowns. I just think that contrast between two angry old men, that's just a contrast that they're not going to allow to make. I think they'll, I think they'll kill him before they allow that and risk that. Oh, I think that's entirely possible. I mean, he's openly talked about that. I mean, he's he thinks that he. I mean, he's openly said he, RFK that he thinks that they could. They'll just take him out and kill him. So, I don't. Even, I don't. Let me. Let's pause for a second. I was about to say, I don't even know that that's that edgy of a take. Talking about assassination. Yeah, but just. <laughs> you gonna watch the game tonight? But it's not. It's not that edgy of a take. It, I mean, it is. But we all just kind of went. Aaron said we were all kind of just like, oh yeah, well that's true. We. We just we, kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. We we can't possibly know, and I think it's incumbent on the three of us to remind each other of that. We can't possibly game theory out. We're not smart enough that because this is not an intelligence thing, this is a this is an evil thing, this is a mouth of madness thing. Which level of mania is going to obsess? the power brokers more on any given day because there's a level of mania addressed to uh, JFK, all things vaccine. There's Trump mania. What's their bottom line on any given day? Where they risk playing the card that Aaron just said that can't possibly be played. There's a way of looking at it that way. But no, we have to play that because now we're obsessed with, you know, knocking out Trump. And that that assassin, the, the default assassination, Steve, as you've put it, we, that, we're going to try because we're so plugged in, you know, of how we... We think about politics and how we think about it as sports bros, as a, as a game, and analyze it. We 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 have got to be willing to pull back and realize that some things simply can't be analyzed, and they're going to play out in all their ghastly terribleness, and we're going to be left to pick up whatever pieces are left. Other than that, we're we're doing great. Other than that. We've got a wonderful singing voice. Yes. That's what I hear you saying, yes. right? Swing low. <laughs> now we know you're back. I mean, the amount of vinegar that just spewed forth out of your mouth without a spoonful of sugar to help that medicine go down. You're feeling better, man. I'm happy for Thanks you. Thanks for being patient with me. I'll get there. I'll you got get it. There. All right, let's get it to, let's get to it. Bye, Southern Hold. <laughs> we'll see how chippy and cheery you are. This is where you submit to Aaron a series of topics you would like us to choose a side upon. Are we going to buy it? Are we going to sell it? Once per episode, you are permitted a hold. But if you do, man, you've got to let Lindsey Graham choose how he's going to hold you. Maybe even where. Todd, your thoughts. I've been there and back again for days, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Back. No. No. <laughs> no. The, the worst you felt, hold on, buy, sell, or hold. The worst you felt in the last week 
or spooning with Lindsey Graham? Oh, you know what the answer to that is. I'd do what I did again in a heartbeat. The suffering? You take on the suffering? Yes. That's the suffering you'd rather have than the... Even fully clothed. Fully Mm. clothed spooning with Lindsey Graham. Big spoon or little spoon? I answered. (laughs) Big spoon or little spoon? You have my answer. Can it be smoked? No? You have my answer. All right. I've done... I've, I've, I've... I've punished you enough. Let's get to it, Aaron. Go ahead. We begin with a chipper and cheery submission. This is from at a beach psycho on Twitter whose profile bio reads, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people see his glory. Psalms 97.6. His submission is, your show has turned to beep, bleep, debate that one for buy, sell, or hold. I can't hear you with Trump in your mouth. I'm going to buy. Why not? Well, you know what? I'm going to sell because I would argue it's pretty much what it's always been. I don't think it's turned to anything, actually. It's pretty much the exact same show it has always been. I tell you exactly what I think, and you decide whether you like that or not. I mean, nothing's changed. It's the exact, nothing's changed. It's the exact same show we've always done. I'm having, I'm having all the same arguments and conversations. I, Steve, there's no way that Trump would have locked us down and ruined his presidency. You don't know what you're talking about. Steve, clearly Mitt Romney would be a superior choice to Barack Obama. I've done all this before. No, nothing changes. It's the same thing. You know, and, you, and here's why, this is why I'm fine just doing it over and over again. Because I've, at first I was kind of nervous. Like, man, I don't know if I can challenge, you know, the, the, this many people like this. And then I learned I can. Now, that comes at a cost, okay? I have to be willing to not be a millionaire in this business to do this. And I am, so I'm good. I make a good living. Not wondering where my next meal is coming from. Can pay my employees well. So I'm not a millionaire, but I'm doing okay. So now I, now I know I can just keep doing this over and over and over again. I don't, I don't have to ever acquiesce to any, you guys on any level, ever. Man, I won't. Didn't we just have the most successful third quarter ever? We did. We actually had our most lucrative uh, third quarter, period. Not just third quarter, but the third quarter was our most lucrative quarter in the history of the show. Meanwhile, you're an anonymous irrelevance, and now the whole world knows about it. So, But I loved the pig uh, Congrats. I thought that was cool. Kind of reminded me of Mr. Pig, the, uh, or is it Professor Pig, the uh, uh, very underrated Batman villain um, who's a who goes he's a serial killer who goes nuts kind of reminds me a little bit of that yeah all right moving on we begin with matt wells donald trump has normal signs of mental decline like many his age i'd buy tell me why you would buy the the gaffes when he goes off the teleprompter are happening with increasing frequency talking about the prime minister or the president of turkey victor orban the other day Who's a huge Trump fan, by the way. Who's a huge Trump fan. And, and, and communicates that on the, on the regular. Yeah, so that's, that's one example. Uh, he's talked about how he beat the Obama administration before and gotten Hillary and Obama and Biden confused. He's, he's having these gaffes with increasing frequency. What was the other one that I was thinking about as well? I mean, there were the gaffes on, on uh, pro-life, but that might just be what he believes. Um, these things are happening with increasing frequency. So. Uh, okay, are we counting... Not as spry as you used to be, as a mental decline, because that's just that's just called being eighty, no matter who you are. Yeah, and I think that's what this is 
get okay. into. So if, if we're gonna if we're gonna really broaden the definition to, I mean, I, I don't see signs of onset dementia. Like we've we've been we 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 started talking about that. We might have been maybe the first show that I know of that was talking about mm-hmm. this during Which the 2020 campaign. Which is why campaign. Super Tuesday was such a shocker. <laughs> yes, we were we were talking about it during and and one of the reasons you know to defend everybody else that does this for a living in our business is we had these Democratic candidates in our backyard, so we we were seeing Joe Biden all the time in Iowa, mm-hmm. and so that's why we were talking about it in 2019. You we were like, that's not that ain't Joe Biden. I mean, that might be. Name might be Joe Biden, same DNA, you know, same blood type, but that ain't the guy that left the White House with Obama a few years ago, okay? So with Trump, it's clear he has lost some of his fastball. I think that's where this is stuff is concerned. I think a lot of that is just called being 80 years old, mm-hmm. but I don't see signs of systemic cognitive decline. Like, I wouldn't want... I, I don't think Joe Biden should have like a driver's license is what I'm talking about. Like clinical stuff. Okay. With, with Donald Trump, I think you're just, you know, we're, we're talking fat Elvis here. Okay. You know, basically past your prime. Okay. With, with Joe Biden, I think we're talking about a guy that you mm-hmm. would not want. If he was your loved one, you wouldn't want to give him the keys and have him like drive your kids around town. That kind of stuff. Fair. Yeah. I okay. think he pretty much nailed it. Okay. Next we go to Pat Oney. Michigan football will be penalized at minimum by being disqualified from the Big Ten title game, the college football playoff this year, and fire Harbaugh in the wake of the sign-stealing scandal. None of that will happen. And it's not illegal to steal signs and signals. Uh, If you follow Michigan podcast on Twitter... What Steve is saying about this, I disagree with Steve on almost everything except for his premise and conclusion. <laughs> everything else I like have problems with. The NCAA is a joke. That's the bottom line in my mind. It's just a joke. Regardless of whether or not this was legal, illegal, breaking, breaking a rule, not breaking a rule. If rules are not applied evenly, there, yeah. there are no rules at all. Which is exactly why you should be more worried. Not because you aren't right about details but because nothing matters other than what they want whoever they is at any time and if they've got a thing for harbaugh specifically uh football in general like really you've heard me it's been quite a while but i've mentioned it for a long time now they're gonna try to destroy football major football programs on purpose because the they're the same universities that allow people to march and say kill the Jews, yeah, they're gonna go after football just cause. And so that if I think you're uh it's a little too much and too early for that, but we're right on the razor's edge of them doing whatever they want forever. And it's 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 tragic that I uh, this football thing seems like uh, a a triviality Uh, it it has nothing to do with major things going on in the world in this case I think it it goes in there there this is breaking the stained glass windows Steve Michigan football is a beautiful stained glass window in the middle of a progressive utopia if they decide they're going to smash it, they're just going to smash it. 
Okay. At that, but that's what it, that's what would it would take. I mean, the, like, if I'm NBC and CBS, I just paid a billion a year to the, the Big Ten, and I'm going to let you See, smash the biggest brand. But he can't. okay, then that. But they could do that. Sure. I know. How that much do you want? Sense. How much do you want to bet? None of this happens. So, how much do you want to bet? Man, I'll bet. Yeah, I'll, it's minus money at the very not, least. I, 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 it's, you, it's about. It's bigger than right now this season. It's bigger than even Michigan football. That you got to see past that. that we, to way too many then, people then, then, who are okay. conservatives I, I, keep I putting football okay. and what's going how on. How much do you want to bet? Fine. That's okay. And then I'm not, I'm not how much blaming do you want to Michigan that, football for anything. I know. And you're still taking it personally. I'm not taking it personally. I'm just saying how much do you want to bet that none of that happens? But, I don't disagree with your why? overall worldview issue. I just don't think any of that's going to happen. It's not about a bet, Steve. It's about you... Way too many conservatives have carved out this place for football where they don't apply the same things that they say, this is crazy, it's unsustainable, it can't last, but over here it's just too much money, it's just business, they say things, how much you, and even when you say, how much you bet that won't happen, you're using thinking that does not apply to anything anymore, Steve. Anything. Okay. Next. So how much do you want to bet that none of that stuff ever happens? <laughs> I wouldn't have done that to you a couple days ago. I felt bad for you, how bad you looked. But you look like you're full speed today, so I'll yank your chain a little bit more. I'm okay with it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, that was good. Can it be smoked? Go to Sean Griffiths. (laughs) If political figures were Lord of the Rings characters. Oh, gosh. Denethor. Biden, old fool who is not the rightful ruler, lost his favorite son and is willing to discard his living son, deceived by Sauron. Buy, sell, or hold. Sell. Denethor. That's not a bad analogy, actually. That was too bad. I don't think that's bad. I'm going to buy that. That's pretty good. Aragorn. Like a steward. He's not even the leader. Yeah. Aragorn is Ron DeSantis, the leader we need but don't deserve. um, I'm just... I'm going to sell on that because he's actually willing to take the sword and lead, and Aragorn is hesitant to do that. Okay. I mean, I get that reference, but he's willing to actually... Well, you could make the argument that when he becomes Aragorn, now it's the biblical analogy, you know, he goes from Strider, the guy who's hesitant to take the sword, to Aragorn, the one who assumes the sword and, and, and the kingship, then okay, all right, I guess I can, I can play with that then. Okay. Uh, King Theoden, Trump wants a good leader, but passed his prime and deceived by his advisors. Will he be humble and wisen up and do what's best no, for his people? this is all wrong. This is not, none of this is working. None of this is working for you? No. There's like another page no. of this, so let's. I could, I could buy this potentially. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, worm tongue, long list, Fauci, Jared, Loomer, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Fauci for sure. Uh, okay. Any, any squabbles with that? Okay. Uh, Boromir. Uh, Tucker Carlson was a good supporter of the little people and did lots of good, but was seduced by power and went a little bit cuckoo. I think that's going too far, at least right now. Well, I know, though, because Boromir was very heroic. You're, not, e- you're not even entertaining any of this. Just, Todd is out. Okay. I'm just you're holding, out. Right. holding Lindsey Graham. He's holding big Lindsey Graham, stu- right? And Lindsey Graham has got a hold of him. Yes. So our, Sauron is Satan, Mordor, orcs, little, uh, literal demons, Hamas, Antifa, etc., Okay. 
this is getting way nerdy now. Like yeah. he even dropped the Urquoy. Yeah. The Urquoy. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of maybe where we got to just put a pin it in and say, dude, go out and touch some grass. Okay. <laughs> just uh, go to a school board meeting. You know, I think what everybody wants to know, Todd, is how much do you want to bet? We'll come back with hour two in a moment. Stay tuned. Back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by the brand new, and we sincerely hope improved, Blaze News, ad-free, direct to you. I'm Steve Dace, he's Todd Erz, and he's Aaron McIntyre, and you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve. Uh, day show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you listen via the podcast, we love you all so very much. You're a big part of our show. And we would hope that you'd show your love for us by clicking follow if you're on iTunes, which many of you are, because that's about two thirds of the podcast market. For the rest of you, hit the subscribe button. And that way you'll know every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And thank you to those who have. And then even more importantly, please leave us a five star review. Especially on iTunes, we are approaching over uh, almost 10,000 five-star reviews there. We'd love to keep those coming. Thank you, thanks again to all of you that have done that for us as well. Thanks to our friends over at Bonner Private Wines, who this year released their new exclusive offering, the Sunai Illogico Malbec, a never-before-imported gem. From deep in the remote Kalaki Valley of Argentina, that's a vineyard at a breathtaking almost 9,000 feet. That's the third highest vineyard in the world. What does that mean to you? Well, it means it is highly rated at 91 points. No fining or filtration done in its production. That preserves its true natural taste, and it boasts a staggering 10 times more resveratrol than the average uh, red wine out there. And if you want to know why that's important, just go out and Google that on your own. 93% less sugar than uh, the reds you'll buy in the grocery stores too. Bonner Private Wines is the sole importer of this amazing Malbec. And you can get a bottle of this exclusive wine by visiting bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve and become a member of their partnership. Bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. And if you do... You'll not only get uh, that, but other wines for over 50% off, also free shipping. Can't beat it. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Bottom of the hour, we will be joined by the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Um, Can I answer a very quick question because it's germane to something we talked about earlier and it's timely? Uh, Justin wants to know, hey, I listen to you guys every day. You guys typically quote the conservative review score when we're looking at speaker candidates recently. But I hear Ben Shapiro quoting a heritage score of some kind. Those scores can be vastly different. Kevin McCarthy, for example, is at 78% on heritage, prompting someone like Shapiro to say he was a decent speaker. McCarthy was just 54% on conservative review. Why the huge difference in scorecards? Well, number one. We have not updated the conservative review scorecard this year. So all the numbers are at the end of 2022. But let's face it, there weren't that many key votes right. this year. So I don't know that McCarthy's would have been that much better. But our, I can't speak to Heritage's score, you know. Um, but I can speak to our methodology 
we actually use, um, it's not just, you know, we're not focused on a slate of issues. It's a comprehensive view of, of how you have voted on issues economically, socially, foreign policy, et cetera. And it's a rolling average of your last 50 votes, which would apply to people like McCarthy and it's Collins, right? No. Johnson. Johnson. Because there, there was a Mike Collins running yesterday. I can't keep all the names straight. <laughs> Although I did like his platform, and you referenced it yesterday, right, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Get right with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. His platform was good. That was funny. Uh, but, um, uh, and, and so, um, it, for a Mike Johnson who's, and Kevin McCarthy, who's been there for enough time to accrue more than 50 votes, it would be an accurate assessment. For someone who has only been there for a year or two, probably hasn't taken 50 major votes yet, maybe not. But that's how our, the conservative review score works. It's a rolling average of your last 50 votes, which we score, and it can be everything from a key um, vote on um, you know, a quorum vote in the Senate. It can be on a key budget bill, a speaker battle. You know, but but that's how we do ours. I, I can't speak to the methodology for heritage. All right, let's continue on with buy Southern hold. We will continue with Robert Keeler. Jenna Ellis was disingenuous when she was raising money for her legal defense, only to then plead guilty. Um, I don't how, know how you, she you have would... to hire a legal team who then who then negotiated a deal for you that keeps you out of jail. That's yeah. pretty. That's money well spent, in my opinion. Well, I I'll just say I donated. 500 bucks to Jenna Ellis's legal defense. So that's not an inconsequential amount of money. So obviously I took a mm-hmm. keen interest in the process myself. And um, I will tell you that Jenna was quoted well over a half a million dollars would be the minimum price in order to get legal representation that could keep her out of jail. That was the, that was the minimum price. I believe she weighed, she ended up raising about 200 some of that. Correct. Yeah. Um, her attorneys were actually in charge of the money. She never had any handle on it at all. And this didn't even cover the cost of getting her to a plea bargain yesterday. So she still has, a, she still has bills to pay after this. So, and, and, and so I, I will say for me as a donor, someone who donated a not, a not insignificant amount of money to this, um, I, I, I feel it was a worthwhile investment and I don't blame her whatsoever for not willing to risk her livelihood. I mean, Donald Trump at any point in time could have came and right. uh, paid for her legal bills right. and chose not to. So she's totally on her own and she's, she's gets, she has a right to live her life. She's not in Donald Trump doesn't have a claim on her or anybody else unless he wants to pay the freight for them. Then he does, but he's chosen not to do that. So in that case, everybody needs to do what, what, they, what is right and best for them. And I don't feel like I made a poor investment at all. Agreed. Next, we go to Eeyore Jeffy. Steve enjoys torturing Todd about pumpkin spice everything, especially lotion and lip balm, more than he actually enjoys pumpkin spice. That's a great prop. It's not true. <laughs> okay. Is it close? It's not true. It's not even close, but I, it's a great prop. And I loved it, so I'm going to buy. I genuinely enjoy pumpkin spice stuff. I, I mean, I love the flavor. I, I do. I love this. I mean, all the candles in our home are some form of pumpkin. I love the smell. I love the taste. I mean, I, I am totally down, man. It's flat out fetishistic to me at this point. Okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love pumpkin stuff. It's not that I'm tortured. I'm just disappointed. Well, there's that. One man, you can be very disappointed while you're being tortured. Chances are you're probably not enthusiastic. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to do this list wholesale, and there better be a high threshold for buying, because this is probably near and dear, especially to Steve. This is from Jeff Gibson, Best Arcade Games of the 80s. Oh, here we go. No particular order, either. Galaga, Space Invaders, Donkey Kong, Final Fight, Asteroids, Frogger, and Pac-Man. So I don't even know what Final Fight is, but the rest of that list <clears throat> is the Dope Rhyme. Now, I, I'm more of a Miss Pac-Man person myself. I just like the colors. Uh, but uh, What? Exactly. I like the colors. There's color variations more on Miss Pac-Man. I like it better. But, uh, um, I mean, Galaga's my, my goat, man. I, I, my wife just got me a, uh, a Galaga machine for the, for the man cave. And, I mean, I, I love Galaga. And... One of the one of the reasons why it's been a couple of years since Stu has done the Dace Group is I don't I don't know if I want to admit this, but I'll come clean. It's taken me this long to feel like I was. I'll just say it. It, it. It's taken me this long to feel like I could I could be in this close enough proximity with him again because he's just he just kept humiliating my my best score on Galaga at at the Blaze headquarters. There's a Galaga machine. There used to be anyway. Uh, there's not now. There wasn't there when I was there last month, but or last week. But there's a Galaga machine there. And, I mean, Stu and I were basically the top two in the building on Galaga. And he just kept annihilating my my top score. And, I mean, I just was, I was humiliated. <coughs> and I, I had a lot of pride I had to swallow. And I was finally able to let that go and invite him back on the show because I just, I was ashamed. I mean, I take my Galaga very seriously. I love Galaga. The mic was on that whole time. You know? <laughs> How much you want to... I'm, I'm going to let that go. I'm not going to do that to you again. All right, that's good. Can it be smoked? Uh, Throws Rock says Aaron had at least three solid job offers in his back pocket before he made the final decision to do the best and worst of the week last Friday. <laughs> nice. That is a sell. There's a reason nice. why I basically said goodbye to you. At the end of Friday's show, just Dude, in case. As long as it's good and funny, I take, tease because I love. Take, I mean, take, yeah, take your best shot. Take your best shot. I actually, I loved me clicking the mouse the entire time, but I still think the best part was Todd's earpiece. How as the as the as the event went on, it just became more and more prevalent to the point it was totally detached from his ear and then just hanging around his neck in the open. <laughs> I love that. And if you guys aren't here behind the scenes, you don't know. That's like, I don't know if it's a pet peeve of Aaron's. I think it clearly is, given the way that he highlighted it. How much he's got to constantly coach Todd with his earpiece to not have it just laying out in front of you. But have you noticed Glenn now? I think Glenn has kind of reached that age. You know, when I, when I was at uh, the, the legendary WHO radio, our, our sports director there at the time is absolute Iowa broadcasting legend who's since passed away. Um, and I mean, he used to, he used to just tell me, I mean, he used to come in and do the sports on my show 
And he's just burp, cough, not hit the cough button, you know? And he was just like, I've made it to the point I don't have to do that stuff anymore. Come and go as I please. If I got a burp on the air, if I got a cough, it is what it is, man. And I so respected that. And I'm like, I got to get to that stage one day. One day where I've reached a level that I can just do whatever I want and no one will say a word, you know? And I th- it kind of feels like Glenn with his earpiece. Have you guys noticed when we come in here, because the monitor has his show on because we're on after him, how his earpiece is just dangling from his ear, completely visible, might not even be connected. Have you noticed that? Like he just doesn't even care anymore. I know you noticed it because that's a pet peeve of yours. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you're all over it. Todd, the, the question is, is Todd at the stage yet? Clearly Glenn being in the Hall of Fame can now do whatever the hell he wants with his earpiece. The question is, has Todd reached that level yet, or does he still have to maintain some modicum of faux uh, pretend professionalism? That's the question. As, as, I, hole. as I said the other day, I mean, t- 95% of the time, Todd is great. And then the 5%, it's like, I can really see it, but I don't. If he doesn't see it, then, you know, whatever. We've spent five what minutes talking again? This is earpieces. <laughs> <laughs> Riveting. What are we doing? Can't get the earpiece conversation anywhere else. <laughs> Happy Dad says it'd be more pleasant to spend time with Lindsey Graham than Laura Loomer. Oh my. Yeah. Bet. Bye. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, let me say this again. I know a lot of you didn't have a good dad. I, you know, or or a dad. Okay. My biological didn't bother. My stepdad bothered me too much growing up. There's times he was a great dad. There are times he was not. So a lot of us in this era do not have the best masculine role model. Okay. So let me give you this fatherly advice to all the young men out there. Do not go anywhere near crazy women. Period. Nowhere near. Don't talk to them. Don't. Certainly do not date them. Nowhere near. Don't do it. That's, that's an L waiting to happen. In this day and age, someone ends up on social media either with a mugshot or very embarrassed. And you don't need that smoke. Run. Run. Don't go anywhere near crazy, unstable women. Don't do it. All right. Next. Anybody want to beg? Want to beg to differ on that? No. 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 I just chose Lindsey Graham for God's sake. <laughs> Asked and answered, Your Honor. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Cows with guns uh, says the 2024 Republican primary will go almost exactly like the 2016 primary. DeSantis will win Iowa, then stay competitive, but lose most of the next states, and one uh, and one other, probably Haley, will hang in way too long to Kasich DeSantis. We've had submissions like this before. Your thinking changed at all? Do you want to take this before me? Um, you must know what I'm going to say, right? I don't. But I, is- I, I just, re- I was actually just trying to be nice because I realized okay. I kept going first the whole time, so I wanted to mix it up for you, in case you wanted to go first. This is like when you know when we start talking about an election before it's like I don't care. It, this is, it, if he wins Iowa. I, that's that's huge that's if he doesn't win iowa he just 
I, honestly, there's no game plan if he doesn't win. I, in my estimation, again, I'm speaking for myself. I feel the need to say this only because, you know, Steve is 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 close with the campaign. I'm not saying base anything. I, I this is what I would do. You don't win Iowa. You're just done. You you realize this world is clearly just wants to lose. As Aaron said, you know, it's committing suicide. Uh, as for the rest, I don't. You don't know. I. We keep locking ourselves into very stale thinking by this love of predicting. Honestly, it, it, it's it's sports broism. It's it. The game is like the least exciting part to people. The actual game. You see this right now. Yeah. I mean, election results don't matter. The polls matter. Right. I, like like in games, the, the the results of the games don't matter. The debate about the point right. spread going into the right. game does. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, and and so you, I don't think you, when you, you lock yourself into a, a level of fatalism that when, when real events happen and circulate, you're, you're, you must pick your tribe. You know what it is. You, you know, the talk points that must be said. And instead of when something new, refreshing, uh, ideal comes along, you're not, and especially if you're a Christian. You can't be thinking like this. You, when real sunlight comes up, even if it comes up in a form you won't understand, and most times that's exactly how it's going to come up if you have any sense of biblical history, you won't be ready for it because you, you, all of this Nostradamus stuff we're doing, it's not fit for these times. Because there's too many variables, you're saying. Yeah. All right, I'm going to answer. I'm going to give my answer in a minute after I tell you about my Patriot Supply. Uh, in these, you know, we haven't done this in a while time to maybe oh, bring this back man, haven't done this in forever in these unprecedented <clears> times <throat> bang there it is all right <laughs> all right maybe Ty Aaron he's not all the way back yet bang. okay that's new or or he had three or he did three packs of cancer sticks before he got on the air today either way all right um this isn't this is a moment it's just good to know you're ready and not need it than to need it and not be ready. So get prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Get their three-month emergency food kit. That's 2,000 plus calories a day, which means breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full complement of nutrition that you need. Well over a dozen different meals and sides so you can mix and match for variety. Stays good for up to 25 years with proper uh, storage. All right. And you get it delivered free shipping as well. You can't beat it. Just make sure you've got that peace of mind when you go to preparewithdace.com. Again, uh, my Patriot Supply, the, the nation's largest preparedness company, and take advantage of this offer at preparewithdace.com. Once again, preparewithdace.com. All right, I, I have, I have three, three answers to this proposition about what I think is going to happen in this election, and and it's why I have not done a lot of election analysis right now. Um. One of them you alluded to, the amount of variables. We have people making plea agreements against a candidate, and they're not, they're not getting plea bargains because they're going to tell prosecutors nothing they want to hear. Okay, we all, whether we're talking Jenna Ellis, who we know and like, or Sidney Powell, who we don't know, or the Trump attorney, who we don't know, in general... If we all agree that the prosecutor in Fulton County, just the one case, is on a prosecutorial witch hunt, we all agree on this, right? Okay, and then they're gonna, so she's gonna, she's on a witch hunt, but she's gonna take plea agreements from people in exchange for nothing in return. She's gonna do that on her witch hunt. That's what she's gonna do. No, no, 
She's going to get something. Now, we don't know what they're going to say, but clearly they've agreed to say something she wants to hear in order to get a plea agreement. And that's just one case. We have the case in Miami where the evidence appears to be the most problematic for Trump, but he does have the best judge and the best jury pool there. We have the case in Washington, D.C., where he has no chance. None. They could literally just get him convicted for being Trump on a sunny day there. Straight up, not even not even an exaggeration that could occur. And here's what these these it's not just variables, but these kinds of variables. So, for example, mm-hmm. give you another variable. This is an important three point. weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we all would have sat here and said, even to the Trump people in our audience, hey, Trump was at his best in foreign policy and DeSantis is unproven there. We've actually gotten those challenges throughout the course of the year. And we were like, yeah, that's, we don't disagree. Trump was really good on foreign policy overall, right? We had those conversations, yeah. right? Well, who had Israel's 9-11 occurring three weeks ago, right? Right. And actually, I would argue that the best three weeks Ron DeSantis has had as a presidential candidate has actually been on the world stage commanding this issue. Yes. Okay. But no one would have predicted that. That there are, this is such an uncertain world, so many variables overall, as you just said, that, that I would be very hesitant about making long standing predictions. That's number one. Number two is one of the reasons that this is such an uncertain process. The Republican Party is not in control of its own primary. The Democrats are. You have to understand this. The entire polling paradigm. Now, are the polls real? Are they a psyop? I'll get to that in number three. Even if they're a psyop, they have they have created a narrative around this environment. There are people in my business, names you would know, who are very favorable to DeSantis, who would have been maybe almost aggressive as aggressive about him as I have been, but are looking at the polls and saying it's not he has no chance. So why would I risk alienating any faction of my audience for? A mission that has no, uh, no, I, I can't objectively see succeeding. Okay. Well, understand what created that polling narrative. Did Donald Trump have a 97 point lead in February? No. No. Did he have that in January? No. Did he have it in December when he announced? No. What created it? The lawfare declared against Trump. The whole polling paradigm that we've seen in public that has become the norm for the last six months all goes back to when the lawfare was officially declared against Trump with the first indictment and every ensuing indictment just confirmed it. I mean, Trump himself was joking, you know, maybe one more indictment away from just winning the whole thing. Okay. But here's what that means. If that's true, it means the other party is in charge of your process. That's what it means. I mean, if I would have come on here in February and said, guys, Donald Trump is going to be favored in the polls by 50 points and dare not go on a debate stage, you would have looked at me and said what? Not in a million freaking years. You'd have looked at me and said, can you be smoked? That's what you would have said. But that's the reality we've lived in for the last six months, is it not? And it's because of the lawfare. The Democratic Party and its apparatuses in, in in, in the prosecutorial world, in the media, they are driving the Republican primary. They're in control of it. There's a poll out today from a Biden super PAC saying that Trump is beating Biden in swing states. Do you guys believe at this time next year, a Biden super PAC will release a poll showing Trump beating Biden in swing states? Do you believe that will occur? If you do, you're probably still wearing a mask at home by yourself. That's another, but that's, that's, that's really a a benign form of what I'm talking about. I mean, they're using the legal process to try to assassinate Donald Trump. 
and people are rallying to him because of that. But what that means is we're not in charge of our primary process. They're in charge of it. They've dictated the primary process. They're calling all the shots. And so I would be very hesitant for point number two. I would be very hesitant about making long form pronouncements about a process involving you that you have absolutely no real control over whatsoever. None. Number three. I don't see anything on the ground in Iowa that tells me that Donald Trump is going to win by 30 points. I don't. Do you guys see? I'm asking. Do you guys, do you guys see that when you go around the state? I, I don't. Maybe you do. I do not. I don't either. So are they all a lie? I don't know. I don't know the answer. That's why I'm, I, you know, I do this thing where when I think I know, I'm pretty confident and go all the way with it. When I, when I don't think I know, I typically just don't say anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, it, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. I've, I have no precedence precedent for this. And I mean, Donald Trump is drawing, I, I'm not talking disappointing for Trump crowds disappointing objectively disappointing crowds no matter who it would be he gives a speech in one of the main suburbs in des moines of des moines last week and like less than 100 people show up for a former president that's embarrassing but i don't know maybe they'll be maybe they'll turn out to be right i don't i don't know i can't make heads or tails of it i can't make sense of it and so that's why I, I'm not breaking it down the way that I have in the past. I don't know the answer. I don't. But that's but um, but of the three things, that's my lowest rated one, which is why I mentioned it last. The two that are the most important are the one you said, which is my number one. The overall amount of, of variables that are going on in these uncertain times we're living in. And then number two, the Democratic Party and the American left is in control of the Republican primary. And I, you know, Republicans aren't running their own show. Anyone want to comment, agree, disagree, insult, question? No. Nope. Okay. Next up for some whiplash, uh, Micah has this. One Pac-12 team, one Big Ten team, and two SEC teams <laughs> will make the college football playoff. Uh, sell. Play the games. I, I, I don't think two SEC teams can make the college football playoff. In fact, I think it'll be more likely there are no SEC teams this year than there will be two. Now, I don't think no. it'll be very likely it'll be none, but I, I, I don't see that there will be two. There's no scenario where there won't be an SEC team. Why would you say that? Because it's the SEC. Kind of like what I just said about Michigan a few minutes ago. They're just not going to not going to bury a brand as powerful as Michigan. You've How just, much you, do you want to bet? You, you, you just made the same <coughs> argument. Well, the, the, the no, SEC is too powerful a brand. It's no, going to have a team. It's not the same argument. We were it just, is the exact same argument. No, it's not. It is. Steve, do not do that. You're obviously confusing two things. Okay. You know, you're not going to get away with it. We're talking about. Teams just playing in a playoff, the games themselves mm -hmm. actually playing, and an existential, like you admitted it is, a psyop that has nothing to do with football, just going after somebody to go after them. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing at all. Okay. This okay. is just about the games and the teams. How much you want to bet there won't be two SEC? <laughs> <laughs> Man. This is right. You're this. You're this is important. Where he tries to turn it. Where it's no. This is where Steve's thinking on this thing. It 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 it's, becomes very untethered to all of his unprincipled in every place else. It's just there's too much there for you 
the same the same thing that would not let you watch the most important game in Jimmy's history. Just it's there's just too much going on there in this thing. All this was was about this season and these games, and that's it. And it it's to say that the SEC is not going to have a team. I don't even know like what math could lead possibly to an SEC team not getting there. All right. Next, Jim Osmond. NFC Championship game is between the 49ers and the Lions. I'm going to sell because I've got the Eagles. Uh, I've already picked a Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs, so I have to sell. I do think it's hilarious. Lions played their worst game of the season and actually went up this week in, in NFC seeding. I think that's pretty funny. They were the three seed last week. They're the two seed this week. But I, I, I have the Eagles, so I have to sell. You don't. That's why I have to sell. Again, play the games. This is like uh, two weeks ago, it, it, Sports Broism uh, um, Soap Opera for Men Radio was talking about how, uh, you know, is is the next Joe Montana and Tom Brady love child baby combined? Is it, in fact, uh, the quarterback of the 49ers from uh, Iowa State? And now it, it, he's, you know, he still has not played. He's basically a rookie. He played six games, got hurt. Now, so he's what, on game how many starts does he have? 10, 11 in his professional career? Uh, yeah, yeah. My goodness. Can... It's so damn annoying. Just it... let them play. Let them play. You guys aren't smarter than all of this. You, it's, 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 it's stifling the need you have to have everything other than the game be the most important uh, part of all this. So I take you don't think it's going to be... Line. Okay. <laughs> Jacob Hibbard with a chicken wing out for Paul McCartney. Wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney is played on repeat in the gulags of North Korea. Bye. You know how much I love the Beatles, man, but that song is a wretched. Bye. It's a hideous Christmas song. Yes. <laughs> Do you like that was the strongest take I gave this entire song? Yes. I was the most indignant about that more than anything else. (sighs) All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. There is, you know, we we have given a lot of reasons tied back to the horrors they tried to inflict on us via COVID for why you want to sign up with our friends at Jace Medical. Going back to talking about the Jace case. Um, but there's now a real practical reason, even beyond COVID. I mean, we are facing critical shortages. It's like of a lot of things right now these days, but critical shortages of essential drugs in the U.S., This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, even at times an unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I guess this is what happens when you let China produce about 80% of the world's antibiotics. That was a great idea, whoever came up with that. So go to our friends right now, whether it's the Jace case, which is for personalized uh, your personalized medicine kit that contains five essential antibiotics, or um, you can get a backup 
of your existing medications as well. You just you can go to jacemedical.com, enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. Have that peace of mind to know you are prepared. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, for jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code DACE at jacemedical, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. All right, let's welcome in the prophet of woe and lamentation himself, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. Is today the day that we finally have a Speaker of the House? What say you? Well, we got white smoke. It looks like uh, Mike Johnson will be a Speaker. Um, It's truly remarkable how one man could get everyone to praise him. The right end, left end. Look, there's two issues here. There is the individual most people don't know who this guy is. He's very low key. He was actually the conference vice chair. I mean, it's like number seven in leadership. No one pays attention to him. Um, but there's personally who he is, his personal voting record. And then there's the strategic value of the choice. So I think let's let's take it, you know, two, one at a time. As far as the individual himself, I think he is unanimously regarded as just a genuinely decent human being. And, and everyone seemed to agree with that. He's very humble. He's the first person to get the job that didn't really seek it or prepare for it, necessarily want it. Um, he genuinely is a the first social conservative we've had, bona fide social conservative. Um, I think there is value to, and I've said this before, especially now that it's like you have to hope that the philandering among the Republican leadership is not homosexual, like that it's only heterosexual philandering. That's that's like a plus now. So <laughs> it really is something to have someone who is five kids, family man, really walks the walk of a social conservative, uh, a litigator for religious liberty. Um, I think that has value. If we want to radiate out God's word, uh, to a depraved secular society, we can't have our own people engaging in that same activity. So there's definitely value in that. Um, where where it's a little bit more murky is the strategic value. So, you know, he is principally very much one of us, but the key is to focus on the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter and being willing to use leverage being willing to use to fight to the death and message through a government shutdown fight on the border, on the Fourth Reich issues, things like that, that that's an unknown. I mean, his record is a little bit mixed. Uh, you know, he's gotten better over time. He did vote for the debt ceiling deal. Um, and that is something that we have to make sure that he is not viewed as one of us. So he gets a little bit more rope to then go and appease the left end of the conference as opposed to having the desire and tenacity and ability to get the left end of the conference to agree with our positions. And that's really the job of the Freedom Caucus to unite behind a a set of red lines and a set of agenda for, for the defund fight, not the process of what date to pass which of the 12 approved spills. That's the icing. The cake is what must be defunded and how we're going to message it and uh, I think that's where the rubber is going to meet the road with with Mike Johnson, whether he takes the ball forward strategically, but certainly has moved the ball forward at, at, at a personal level. So you've had some generous comments, as you just reiterated on our show. I've, I've read many generous comments from people whose opinions I regard and respect. 
since I got up this morning, since it became obvious that he was going to end up being the guy if they could finally come up with one. I, I just have one question, though, about this whole thing. I think I'm fairly well informed. It's my job to be. I've been doing this full time for 17 years. I haven't been involved in as many races and primaries across the country as you have been, but I've been involved in my share, frankly, more than a lot of other people in this business have been. How is it possible? I had no idea who this guy was until 48 hours ago. How is that possible? Like no idea. Because we've one, never, one of my we've best friends on the, one of my best friends on the planet is a member of Congress. Okay, how how did I not know? How did I not know who this guy was until 48 hours ago? How is that possible? Be, because that was the only sort of guy who was going to emerge from this stalemate between each wing not supporting each other's candidates, whether it's Jordan or Scalise or this or that. Um, I actually think there is a potential upside that could be better than Jordan. I think Jordan would have been given a little bit too much rope, was too overstated by the right. And my personal view is a little bit too close with Trump, both image image wise and strategically as well. So I think this is a fresh face. I think this was the only sort of process where you could get a guy like that. Say what you want about Mike Johnson. And strategically, I'm still not sure if we'll come out better. But I do know we definitely did not get the, the next in line. And that's what it was. It the, just the point you raised the next the, line. The point you raised about Jordan, I think that's that's a unique point that I think we should explore yes. maybe a little bit more. You're saying that if Jordan had gotten in there, I think this is what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that if Jordan had gotten in there as many of us wanted, and and then and then had to say, Well, <clears throat> we're gonna have to do another CR, well, we gotta give some money to Ukraine. Um, I've only got a four or five seat majority here and everybody's got a gun to my head that a lot of our colleagues would have been inclined to go back to our people and give him the benefit of the doubt because they were personally invested in him rather than holding him accountable to why you'd ever want him to be speaker in the first place. Is that what I hear you saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And and I think that's something I, I tried to gently articulate, but you know, people were united behind him and I understand why given the other choices at the time. But I'm actually happier that we had this result. Um, Jim Jordan, you know, I I think he's very good on articulation and that's important. And we've been lacking that for many years in terms of outcomes. He's very much a Trump Trump, meaning not so much. Say say what you want about a Matt Gates or Marjorie Taylor Greene, but they'll they'll be willing to disagree with Trump even as they worship him. And I got to give them that. I mean, they'll go after the vaccines, call them poison, defund the vaccines. Right. They'll have amendments right. doing that. Yeah. Whereas Jordan's more kind of just straight Trump. I mean, Matt and Gates I opposed Trump with Kevin McCarthy for 15 rounds Kevin of voting McCarthy. back in January. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think even if you're a big Trump supporter, you should want some degree of independence uh, for the the right in the House to, to maintain that flexibility. Um, if you have some degree of intellectual honesty, and I think that that's important to maintain that space. So my hope is that we have a better outcome. But again, I think they need to unite behind specific things, whether it's the border or two or three other things, and not so much to focus on process. It's been a little bit too much on 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 a process and the type of bill and the timing of the bill. It's what is your red line? Ultimately, the messaging needs to be 
not we're going to hold some votes and uh, appropriation bills. Mm -hmm. It's we will not fund the invasion of our border. We will not fund the cutting off of the balls of our children. We will not fund the biomedical security state. We're not going to fund the Ukraine grift, and we're not going to fund the degradation of the quality of life and the inflation. That needs to be the message, and they need to be willing to. And, and Mike Johnson's job is going to use that newfound goodwill not to get conservatives to eat a crap sandwich, but to get to rhinos to feel comfortable with a brinkmanship fight, because otherwise we're done until 2025. And 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 Steve, we cannot afford uh, another, um, you know, 100,000 Middle Eastern uh, dudes coming in through the border every few months. Let's let's f close this by assuming that he will be speaker and the postmortem on this. Was I wrong in pointing out how, because, you know, Jordan originally waved the white flag after the first vote, remember, and, and he even was going to go along with the, uh, the plan of uh, the unconstitutional plan of having the speaker pro tem become speaker. And my reaction to that was, listen, man, if you're going to pucker that fast, then I really got to wonder how much you're going to fight with the speaker gavel on. And then he, then he came back and did fight, but by then he kind of showed his hand that he, he really wasn't going to go to the mattresses. And so the holdouts knew they could just wait him out. Is that a good or bad analysis? That is a good analysis. I think there's a lot going on with Jim. There's a lot of institutional plays at, 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 at play there. Um, I I think we might have dodged a bullet in in some respects, and it, it's something people didn't want to hear at the time. So it was it wasn't worth creating needless division. But it is heartening to see people finally united. I mean, again, I, I think it's we should take good news face value. Um, you know what? We had one guy who was doing the you know the kitty stuff you know with the, with the longest serving speaker back there in the late 90s and you had gingrich with his issues you had john boehner i mean it's truly been a cesspool so there is something to be said about a man like this becoming speaker again the key is to make it strategically worthwhile that he's gonna fight in the way and the time that it actually matters by the way there is some news coming out now that maybe he has been elected speaker aaron have you seen this yeah. I'm watching the live stream. He's at 2.13 right now. All right. So that's going to happen. There's been no dissent. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then let's talk about my analysis of, of Gates' maneuver here. Because ideologically, by every objective measure, this is an upgrade. So a case will be made that everything over the last couple of weeks was worth it. And what Gates did was the right thing. Maybe that's a good analysis. My analysis of last, of last week with Jordan was concern that the system had kind of called our bluff. They realized they didn't have to fear the big bad Trump endorsement. Um, and, and, and Jordan had that. They didn't care. They don't have, have to fear even our massive audiences like what Glenn has calling their in, in them constantly and bombarding their inboxes that for many years we made, they thought they had to fear us. And so we had some form of leverage with them. But this process kind of showed them that we don't. We, our, our, our bite does not match our bark. And that my concern was the only thing that got exposed was our lack of political leverage. Now, who's right here, do you think? Do you think that in the end, with the end result here, Gates made the right play despite the awkwardness of the process? Or do you think that my analysis that we demonstrated a, a, a lack of true leverage on the system moving forward is accurate? Or do you think there's a case that maybe both of them are? Well, look, I mean, he definitely didn't make the right play being the leader of that 
uh, the face of that movement at that time. Um, if it winds up turning out for the better, it will be one of these jump balls where the quarterback throws a horrible pass and it's a pick, but somehow after it exchanges hands among five people, it works out. Um, and that might happen, but even that is yet to be determined. We don't know that yet. That's what I'm saying. This guy's a good man, but remember, because he did it from a position of weakness, it activated the Rhino Caucus. And we don't know what sort of demands they're going to make on Johnson, that they're going to have more leverage now that they didn't before if we would have gone in as us being the aggrieved party after McCarthy would have screwed us on the on the budget. If he would have um, with the ultimate play in November, I think we still would have had more leverage. And again, no one could have predicted this result. Remember from Gates himself, and I don't mean to relitigate this. I think we need to move forward, but he was happy to get anyone but McCarthy. And that was clearly his message. He was happy with Scalise or anyone else. Thankfully, due to the 16 of the 21 other guys and a couple of the guys who are with Gates as well, they, you know, they saw this through and they were like, no, we're going to we're going to take the time um, and we're going to get it right. And I think those are the guys who actually saved it by being willing to block, um, you know, all the other uh, establishment choices to come to this result, assuming that it's a good result. I've got one minute here. What is the first sign you're looking for that you think our people should be alerted to about whether or not Mike will be a good speaker or not? If he's willing to have a government shutdown, it's that simple. So he has put out a, uh, a timeline of when he wants to pass the probe spills, and, and that's fine. But come November 17th at midnight, okay, now you don't have to stand by the probe spills. You could pass a temporary CR, and, and we're fine with that, but that CR has to have some significant things in it and you need to be willing to stand by it that is everything else is bs everything else doesn't matter the way you run the capital the tapestries the 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 way you engage conservative media that is ultimately the only thing that matters is budget brinkmanship that's the last leverage we have from now until 2025 to save any aspect of this country good stuff my friend thank you as always appreciate you See you later. You bet. All right. Before we close this out, Todd and Aaron, your thoughts? It is official now. He has been uh, okay. elected House Speaker. So I, I'm cautiously optimistic. And take, give it, to, I mean, take it from Daniel, <laughs> the prophet of woe and lamentation, right. to say, hey, take good news when it comes at face value. The reality mm -hmm. is he is a, Mike Johnson is a family man from what I've learned from him. Hearing that from Daniel, I trust Daniel. And that's a good thing. You know, he's not a McCarthy, uh, at least not to that degree, at least not, you know, through 2022 and the conservative review uh, Liberty scorecard. Cautiously optimistic. OK, but um, I think there's also something to be said about this. And Daniel kind of mentioned this in, in passing as well. He's a guy that didn't want this position, wasn't preparing for this position, but he got it. Think that I think that's somewhat good news. Okay. Todd? Yeah, and this fleshes out my point further about uh, buy, sell, or hold, the, the prediction of how things are going to go. Listen, n no one knew what this sausage was going to... Matt Gates had no idea that this was going to turn out this way. Listen, th this was an, a gigantic gamble. It looked like it was going to blow up in his face. Now it's this hey, kind of wait-and-see kind of thing. Uh, some... 
eggs had to be break, broken to do this. There's no guarantee of anything. Uh, and going November seventeenth is right around the corner. It yeah. It this may be the exact same thing again. It may be that, but there is now a shot at something different, and it's not going to look the way this is that great Luke Skywalker quote from a movie we complain about all the time but when it, it when he says in uh, the movie that you like the last jet everything it, you it, just it, said is exactly no, no, wrong no about how it's not going to go the way you think it's going oh, to go yeah. and and it's right you have got to be open to this okay yes prepare for disappointment sure but this the a paradigm was broken at very high risk very high risk but we seem to have had a chance had a chance to come out clean on the other side okay well we'll find out yeah because november 17th is right around the corner so this isn't going to be he's got six months to do this he's got a window until november 17th to giddy up and do something about with the budget leverage he's going to have otherwise he has no no leverage left john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network